Let's pray. All right, Lord, this morning, I thank you for truth and wisdom and impartation to take place in the hearts and the minds of people. And I pray, God, that we would uh, have a heart to discern and grow and know you. And I just thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation being present here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Summertime, man. You like summer? Summertime reminds me of camping trips. You know, the most memorable camping trip I've ever had was the one I took up to Crystal Lake Campground by Lewistown, Montana. Anyone ever been up to Crystal Lake? Yeah, we got there. It was cold. But the worst part was the Lorax had cut down all the trees. It wasn't the Lorax, actually. It was the Forest Service. Uh, beetle infestation forced them to cut down trees. So we got into this big basin. No trees. And you wouldn't believe it. It was so windy the whole night. We were cold. We had a pop-up camper. It was, I mean, the worst night of sleep Elizabeth and I ever had. Isn't that right? And we looked that morning right across the campground because you could see through the whole thing. There was a guy in the far end in a tent. And that tent had rolled right over. It blew off its you know, pegs and, and foundation. He, he's, he was like in it and he had to zip his way out of it. Everything was totally destroyed in his tent. And I thought as bad as it was for me, it was worse for that guy. So I'll never forget that trip. That and the naked man at the beach. That was the other thing. I mean, well, that's a different story. <laughs> but after that trip, Elizabeth and I were like, we're done with tent camping and, and pop-up campers. So we went and got ourselves a hard shell camper, one that had, uh, was a little more durable, one that would hold up a little better in a storm. And uh, so when I was thinking about this parable, I, I guess what was on my heart was to teach about building a durable dwelling place, something that will last you. That's what this parable is about to me. It's, it's about uh, standing strong in the middle of things. Now, Jesus is more than a carpenter. I mean, he is a builder, but he's a wise builder. He's a master builder. And, you know, he, he's making a staggering claim when you read through what he said here. He said obedience to his teaching is the only foundation for life. That, that takes a real statement. Unless he's the master of your life, what he's saying is your life will head for ruin. I mean, you got to take him in his word. Jesus alone is the worthy foundation. That's what scripture says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. No other foundation can anyone lay but that which is laid, the foundation of Jesus Christ. And the Lord put on my heart this year for me, 2023, was a year for wisdom to take place. I'm telling you, I have been feeling infused in, just with God's wisdom in my life at a level I've never experienced before. I feel it when I'm reading, when I'm studying personal growth, personal development, decisions I have to make. I feel like wisdom is what the Bible calls a principal thing. It's something I'm growing in, in these years, this season of my life. And, and I, I pray that same thing takes place in your life. I like what the scripture says about Jesus. He is your wisdom. He's the wisdom of God. It's hidden and revealed in the person of Jesus. So I want to walk through just a couple of these statements Jesus made and and I want to really highlight it in the sense of wisdom. You could take these, this, this story, you go so many ways. with. But what the Lord put on my heart specifically had to do with wisdom. So look, look at verse 24. Whoever hears these sayings of mine, I want to remind you that he just spent chapter 5, 6, and 7 teaching on his most famous sermon of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about these sayings, his epic message, and he concludes it with this parable. This is his closing pitch, the final things he's going to say. He says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Someone say a wise man. Who built his house upon the rock. 
and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Now, here's the first thing that I just like to highlight for you, is that wisdom will sustain you. The wisdom of God will see you through any kind of difficulty in a storm. And I like what the book of Proverbs says. If you love wisdom, it will preserve you and keep you. Scripture says that through wisdom, a house is built. You know, wisdom is application. It's the ability to apply the things that you know. Knowledge is what you know. And I know a lot of people today who know a lot of things, have a lot of information. But wisdom is how you apply it. So I meet people who know things, but they don't have wisdom. They really don't know how to apply something. Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions. It's the ability to see into the future and know what to do, take the right action on it. Here it says that the wise man built his house upon the rock because he was building something that was prepared to withstand the storms that would come. How many of you know storms are inevitable in life? They come, don't they? I mean, Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that it would rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, these things just happen in life. Storms come, rain comes, difficult situations happen. And I was thinking about some of the storms that I have been through. I have been through some storms in my short 40 years. I mean, I remember that one of the, my favorite storms was in Birmingham, Alabama. I went through Hurricane Ivan. When you live in Montana, it's a very exciting thing to go through a hurricane. <laughs> and it rained, and all you could do was hunker down in that storm. Came through Alabama, the largest hurricane to ever hit there. I've been through some blizzards. If you're in Montana, you understand blizzards. And the worst one I went through was in Chugwater, Wyoming. I mean, we were coming back from a Denver Broncos football game in January, a playoff game. Uh, the year they won the Super Bowl, I'll just add that there. And uh, my dad and I were the last, the last car they, they went through in, in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. And we were driving up the road. You could barely see. It took us till 4 in the morning to get to Casper. And we were stuck in a Ford Taurus, which was like a dangerous death trap. Somehow we made it. Blizzard conditions. Uh, I've been through, you know, tornadoes. Remember the one that hit the Metro on Father's Day? And, and I was telling Elizabeth, you know, tornadoes never happen in Montana. Don't worry about it. I was out jumping on a trampoline. And she was screaming at me to get inside. But later, she was proven to be correct. There was a tornado indeed. <laughs> torrential rains. How many of you went camping on that trip to Woodbine with me? Yeah, I took some people and we barely made it out, right? I mean, it flooded, it rained. It was incredible to see that. Uh, we went through some windstorms. I'm way back from skiing one time in Livingston, Montana. I, I think windstorms are my least favorite storms because you got semis blown over all the road. A windstorm will ruin your day. And I've seen some windstorms hit, man. Uh, other dangerous storms were uh, sandstorms. I'm coming into California and the Mojave Desert on near State 15, and you'll get a sandstorm that's like a blizzard, and they're dangerous because you can't stop on the interstate. Like, if you stop and people don't see your lights, you could create a real problem. So, storms are challenging things. Now, I have not just been through, you know, natural storms like that. I've been through some storms of life, and I've been through financial storms. I was thinking about, you know, when Elizabeth and I were trying to figure out how to pay for preschool for our, for our son Titus. He was a preschooler back then. And we didn't have the money to pay for it. I had some money. I sought the Lord for wisdom. What do I do? And you know what he impressed me to do? He impressed me to give the money I had. And I thought, well, all right. So I sowed the money, and just a day before that bill was due, I got a knock on the door from the neighbor 
who asked if our son's schooling was paid for, and they covered it. It's an incredible thing. I, I've had wisdom hit me in moments like that. I, I, mean, I think about storms that people go through in their physical body. Some storms are not just financial, they're physical. I think about my mother and the aneurysm that she had, and, and, and you're just going through that whole thing, and, and the wisdom of God in that wisdom of God, pray and trust God that he would take care of her, and he did it. It's the wisdom of God. Sometimes the wisdom of God, you're going to need for things like relational storms. You know, relationships can be traumatic. I was asking a friend of mine who's a pastor, I said, what's the hardest part about the ministry? Uh, he said, you lose all your friends. And it's true, man. <laughs> and the loss of friendships, the, the misunderstandings, the pain that goes with that, it can be hard. But you know what the wisdom of God is? Learning how to forgive people. And for me, in my personal case, and I'm being just super vulnerable, sometimes I haven't really valued the people around me enough, like my family. And the wisdom of God for me is I need to appreciate certain people in my life more. It was something that I had to learn. Wisdom came to me in that way. When you deal with relationships, you're dealing on an emotional level. And sometimes emotional storms can be just as difficult. Have you ever noticed that sometimes your emotions are really high? Because you feel like, man, everything's going great, only to find out that within like a 10-hour period, because you got triggered on something you saw on Twitter, your emotions get real down. And, and it takes a wise man to be able to navigate and balance and control your emotions. I mean, emotions are, are difficult, and the wisdom of God is finding balance, not too high, not too low, knowing how to navigate it, being secure in the love of God. And sometimes there are spiritual storms, like demonic depression. And the wisdom you need is to discern if it's a spirit working against you. I'd love to tell you that I can always figure that out, but sometimes I'm late to the game, and it's a real challenge to identify, no, this is a spiritual thing, and I've got to come against it and stand on God's word. I mean, wisdom comes in different ways. And I like what David said in Psalm chapter 3, I lay down and I slept for the Lord, sustain me. If you will apply the wisdom of God to your life, when the storms come, he will sustain you. Because the storms will come. They might come in different ways, but the wisdom of God will help you get through it. Now, let me give you a second idea from this parable. In verse 26, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Someone say a foolish man. He's, uh, you know, using like what the Proverbs would do. They'll juxtapose things. And here's using wisdom and foolishness. A foolish man built his house on the sand. And when the storm came and the rain descended and the floods were there and the winds blew, it fell and great was its fall. Here is a second thought for you. The wisdom of God will spare you from trouble. It'll save you from difficulty. And I'm grateful for God's wisdom. Uh, I think it's interesting that the Bible says great was its fall. In other words, there was a spectacular collapse. I, I, I remember reading in the papers uh, like a few weeks ago when a building collapsed right over on Grand and Shiloh. And they were talking, how did that happen? It was, it was sort of like a million-dollar collapse, fairly spectacular. You know, the, uh, this last year has been a wet year in Montana. In fact, the year before was too. And it's kind of nice because previous years we had drought. So this has been a wet year. We had flooding that took place. If you could have seen how flooded the, you know, the water retention pond was and the ditches over here, 
a few weeks ago. It was, it was pretty incredible. I remember when Yellowstone got flooded and they had this story of a, a cabin that the uh, Yellowstone Park employees had been living in in Gardner, Montana. And that cabin got washed away. The soil eroded in the river, and it was a well-built thing. It had been there 30 years, but slowly and surely that thing hit and floated on down the river because it was built too close to it. You can imagine Jesus telling this story. He's a builder. And in, in that part of the world, in the Middle East, they have dry riverbeds. And when floods came, I'm telling you, things get washed through and through. And he's probably conveying the story of somebody who came along and saw a nice wide place to build their house on, but didn't realize it was a place where a river, a rushing storm could come and wash it out, and it did. And that's the difference between wisdom and foolishness is, is where you build. Now, I like storms. I like it when June hits and you're going to have a little thunderstorm. Elizabeth gets happy. She closes the windows. She puts candles on. <laughs> Sometimes I even like snowstorms. If it's the right time of year, you know, if it's, if it's the right day. And, and, but the problem with storms, they are inconvenient. Can I get a witness? They come sometimes when you least expect them. They come when you don't always want them to be there. I mean, they can be some of the most frustrating things. And, you know, storms are funny because they might hit you on a holiday. And, you know, you're expecting to have, you know, fun and the rain comes, man. I mean, I, I just plan on Memorial Day for rain. <laughs> I know I've lived here long enough. And I have had work projects on that I planned on Labor Day only to have it rain. That was unusual. I do hate snow on a Saturday night. When you get six inches of snow on a Saturday night, it just feels like you know half the church is going to be there. <laughs> it frustrates me to know it. I want snow to come Sunday evening, Monday. That's fine. Not Saturday. I think about a friend of mine. He was doing a church plant. $25,000 do it is the Sunday after the Super Bowl. So he was all in, man. He had $25,000 he spent promoting his church the day after the Sunday, or the day after the Super Bowl. And the problem was that the people who gave him that advice were from Louisiana, and he was planting that church in South Dakota, and they had the blizzard of the century hit that weekend, and all, he had nobody show up for his grand opening. That would be tough, man. Storms can be funny. By the way, God might move at inconvenient times in your life. There are times when it feels like God is moving, and you might not be prepared for it. But the wisdom of God is to let him move and move with him. Sometimes wisdom is to be flexible. I know people who get way too rigid. And, and so when, when you're you know, prepared for something and you feel God moving you, wisdom might just be, let's roll along with it. Sometimes that's how storms exist. You got to go with the wind. That's what Jesus likened the Holy Spirit to. So when he moves, you got to move. Wisdom is application and action. You got to hear his word and do it. Now, this story is about someone who did not do his word. You know, it's funny with people, they'll hear something, they'll get so excited, their emotions will start going after it. But I found in those moments, that doesn't mean they always go out and do it, does it? They get excited about it, but they don't follow through with things. It reminds me of a story I heard about an aristocratic Russian woman who was very wealthy. And she wanted to go to the opera on a very cold evening. And she was in that opera house for a play, and the music was taking place, and she was watching, and she was caught up in tears and emotion in the moment. And all the while, the driver of her carriage froze to death 
while she was sitting in there crying, not realizing she could have taken some action and had compassion on somebody. That reminds me of a lot of believers, man. They get caught up in emotion but never follow through with something. And Scripture likens that to building like a foolish man. Now, here's a few ways that the wisdom of God will spare you. God's wisdom will spare you through timing. You've got to know about the seasons of life you're in. And God has this marvelous way of making things beautiful in their own time. Everything has a season. And wisdom is knowing what season you're in. Man, I'm in a season with little kids right now. And I've seen them grow. And, 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 but I'm, I'm in this season. But you know what I've discovered about seasons? They change. Seasons will always change. You have to be forward thinking, but you've got to know the season you're in. And sometimes the foolishness is when you try to get too far ahead of God rather than understanding the season you're in and moving with him in that season. That's timing. Let me tell you another way the wisdom of God works. It's with tithing. Tithing is wisdom with your money. It tears down your sense of a love of money because you're putting God ahead of your own things. I think it's interesting what Scripture says in 1 Timothy 6. Those who desire to be rich, that's people who love money, fall into temptation and snare and foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in perdition and destruction. Tithing is a protective thing. It keeps me safe. I feel like when I have to make financial decisions, I, I trust that God will help protect me and keep me safe because I've honored him and put him first, and I found that to be the case. And it, he might have protected me by not buying foolish things or listening to my wife, or I've had situations where I, I didn't buy something and only to find out later it was a Nigerian scam. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I got an email, but I didn't believe it. I'm a tither. Let me tell you how wisdom protects you through truth. This is the wisdom of God with people. I think more relationships sour because somebody can't handle truth. I watch this take place with people. Sometimes they're blind to certain things about themselves or the situation. And the wisdom of God manifests in truth. Not everyone's able to be honest with themselves. But when you've got truth, you can build trust, which is the basis of a relationship. Speaking of that relationship, the wisdom of God protects you through trust when you trust God. That's how his wisdom shows up in circumstances. It's the funniest thing with people. And I'm guilty of this. We have this innate sense that we want to know everything that's going to take place like right now. You want to know in the moment. Like, I, I'm having my kids here today. He tells me every day about the next camper and the next car he wants. He says, Dad, when I grow up, I'm going to have this car. And five hours later, it's another car. He wants a camper, and the next week he wants a different one. And, and it's like he talks about it like it's going to happen now. But when you've got trust in your life with God, you can live with a certain measure of ambiguity. There's a certain level of uncertainty that you can live with because you know, I trust him. I can walk with him. He's been through situations. I don't have to have everything figured out. I don't got to know in the moment everything. I just know he will guide me and see me through everything. And I like what the psalmist said again. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. He'll protect me in the seasons and the epochs of my time. And if you apply wisdom in your life, you will be safe. He'll walk you through things. Man, some trials, some troubles, they come, storms come. But wisdom will safeguard you. It'll keep you in the right relationships with people. It'll help you make good decisions. It'll keep you away from the wrong people. I'm thankful for wisdom. I'm thankful for the rock. Amen? Amen. Third thought. 
verse 28. So it was when Jesus ended these things, his famous sermon. This is the sermon of all sermons. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority. Someone say authority. authority. Not just as one of the regular scribes. Wisdom, as I read it here, will strengthen you. It'll sustain you. It'll spare you from trouble. And the wisdom of God is a source of strength in your life. Interesting word, the word authority here. It's the Greek word exousia, which means the power of God, but what it implies is the right to use that authority. Jesus had a right and, and, and was able to teach what he knew. And when I think about Jesus, I mean, he's living it with otherworldly authority. He, he's like walking on water. That's pretty cool. <laughs> otherworldly authority. Not just did he walk through water, he walked right through the middle of the crowd that wanted to kill him. It wasn't his time. I mean, he just went right through the middle of them. And he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he told us to go, therefore, in his name and use that authority. He's delegated authority to you and me. He's given us power to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of them. He gave you authority to use in this world. You don't have to be a victim. And if you could use the wisdom of God in your life, you'd find it strengthens you in times when you're weak, in places when you need to fight for. Your, your strength is founded upon the rock. I like what Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I was thinking about, you know, the rock and, and what it represents. And, and it's, that rock is an amazing thing. The first thing the rock represents to me is a revelation of who Jesus is. He is the rock. You know, in Matthew 16, he's talking to Peter and he asked him who people say he was. And Peter said, some say you're Elijah the prophet or, or a good man. Or, and Jesus confronted him. He said, who do you say that I am? He said, I'd say you're the Christ, the Son of God. And, and Jesus said, you're blessed to know that. And he said, upon this rock, that revelation of who Jesus is, I'm going to build my church. See, Jesus is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. That's why I was singing that song this morning. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the rock of my life. And I want to walk with him because he's always with me. Man, he's with me when I need him. Always. He's with me when I'm afraid. And I don't know what to do. You ever have moments like that? You feel a little insecure, but I feel the Lord has been with me. I know he's there when I need him. He's there when I'm embarrassed. I have had embarrassing moments. Like the time I went to a wedding and entered the women's bathroom and all the bridesmaids came into the bathroom and I had to hide and act like it wasn't me. Yeah. But the Lord was with me. He's good. He's still there in the middle of all that. He's with you when you get obsessed about things. Now, does this just happen to me? Or like when you're trying to make decisions and you try to figure out what to do and, and, and you get kind of caught up with it? Maybe it's a, a love interest and all you do is think about that. And still, the Lord will be with you. He's faithful. Even when you get sidetracked because you're caught up with some business endeavor, he's right there. He'll help you. I mean, he's faithful. He's always with me. He strengthens me. And that's what I love about Jesus. He's always with me. I have a revelation of that. Yeah. Another thing a rock is, it's a rhema word. You know, you probably know this. Some of you may, some of you may not. There's in the Bible two words for the word, for the word word, all right? And one of them is the logos, the, the, the written word of God. That's the scriptures you read. One of them is a rhema word, 
which is when God speaks something to you personally, something to you directly. It's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, sort of like the Ruach of God, the wind of God and the Holy Spirit. And God, in His marvelous way, He's got a rhema word for me with the problems that I face and when I need wisdom in my life. When I've got money problems, I I have sought the Lord and, and He's often given me a word. Most of the time, God will give me a verse. My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. And I'll think about that. I'll dwell. He'll speak that to me. Now, other times I've had moments like, you know, I like summer in Montana because winters are horrible. Can I get a witness? Yeah, we had one winter here maybe four years ago. And it was like February was minus 20 for days on end. Uh, (laughs) I heard Phoenix, Arizona is having something like 20 days of temperatures over 110 degrees. And we had like 20 days of temperatures minus 20 degrees. It was cold. It killed our heating units, air conditioning units. So that was like a $25,000, $30,000 fix. And then I was, you know, we, we, we hit a point where we were kind of behind on some things. I was in here praying. And, and I'll never forget, I just heard the Lord quicken me. Just, he just said something. He said, you're going to end the year better than you begin the year. Just quick like that. And it was true. We, we got to the end of the year. We'd, we sold the property. The place got paid off. We were further ahead than we'd ever been. And, and I, it's because I sought the Lord. He gave me wisdom. Don't stress. I got this. Sometimes the problems you face are people problems. And it, it's emotional to deal with people, isn't it? And some of the worst things are like criticisms that you face. Sometimes you make mistakes, and sometimes people are just critical. And, and so I was getting critiqued about something that I had done as a pastor. And, and I felt bad about it, man. I spent three days just seeking the Lord. It's three days on my face. I was praying. I was asking God. And I'll never forget, at the end of three days, he just said one thing to me. He said, I love you. And that, that's what the Bible does say, doesn't it? I mean, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And it just hit me. The love of God hit me. And that, that word, that rhema word, a fresh word from the Lord, I'm telling you, that helped turn the tide in my emotions. It's problems I needed help with. Sometimes it's, you know, prospects, things that you desire, the things that you want so badly. And, and what Elizabeth and I have learned to do is we seek the Lord. And, and I, I like to find a scripture verse. So Elizabeth got one. We were praying about some. She got one this last week, man. She got a scripture from the book of Ruth. She started praying that. It quickened. And, and just like she prayed, everything happened just like that. Because it was the rhema of the Holy Spirit. He's highlighting a verse, speaking to her. We're praying that. We're confessing that. Wisdom comes in those moments. I'm grateful for the word of God I can hold on. I'm grateful for the rock. The rock that we build on is the church. Upon this rock of revelation, this rhema of who Jesus is, I'm going to build my church. So in in one way, we could also say that this rock is a church. Isn't it interesting that 1 Peter 3.15 says the church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. It's a rock for things to be built on. A church is like a support system for you. When you need it. I'll never forget when my dad died. And I still to this day remember the two people who came over to our house to bring us comfort. And they're not really in my lives anymore. But I remember the food they brought. And I remember the love they shared. And I was grateful to have a local church. We went through a a funeral for a friend of ours. He's, He's a truck driver. He's on the road traveling. He's hardly ever here. But he says, this is my church, my local church when I'm here. And he said, I have a local church. Because when I needed help with a funeral, you guys were there for me. It's a support system. It's a place to build your life on. Uh, churches 
I like to say this. They're built on plurality. Uh, when you get plurality, you get diversification. I have found that is a great source of strength in my life, to have different people with different perspectives and different resources. It makes me smarter and it makes me stronger. And I, I love how different giftings can apply to help out with other things I don't have. I'm grateful for people who have a mercy gift because I often feel like slapping people. But it's good to have some people who can just love on people. <laughs> that makes, because listen, sometimes people do need to be slapped. Can I get a witness? <laughs> uh, churches have a purpose. The mission of God, that's what they exist for. They exist for relationships. And, you know, the, the, the love that we have for one another, that's a real thing. You, you, you get to have that when you connect with the body. You get to serve, use the talents that God gave you to be a blessing to somebody else. You get to worship God like this morning where he inhabits the praises of his people. And I love to get together in the house of God and worship him. Uh, churches exist for the purpose of evangelism. Who are you reaching? Who's in your sphere of influence, man? You got to be a witness and a light wherever you are. My grandma was telling me in World War II that there was a, that she was on the train. I, I, had, I lit a match. I was holding this match up. She said, you know, I was going to see Kenny in 1944 on a train in South Carolina, and a man was walking up and down lighting matches and saying, have you seen the light? I like that. Churches exist also for discipleship. You've got to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord, 1 Peter 3.18. And the marvelous thing about preaching, it's so funny how the Holy Spirit will do this. He will take something the preacher is saying, something I might be saying, and there's this prophetic element to it, and I might say something that's unrelated, but it relates to someone's circumstance, and they hear the Holy Spirit on it. I was telling this lady last week, but the Lord was telling me, get ready, get ready, get ready. She said, that's a word for me. I need to get ready because something's coming in my life. That's the Holy Spirit. And he takes those things, those little moments like that. He gives you wisdom so you can build your life. I'm grateful for a church, man. I'm grateful for you all sitting out there. I'm grateful for the Lord. Blessed is the man, the psalmist said, whose strength is in the Lord. And you might go through the valley of Baca. That's the valley of weeping. But the Bible says that you'll go from strength to strength in the Lord. And when you apply the wisdom of God in your life, God will strengthen you. You'll be stronger. You'll be able to walk with it. Now, that trip to Crystal Lake when I went camping, uh, that was quite a trip, man. I was thinking about you know, the wind blowing through the campground. And I have made a rule, Elizabeth and I, we don't camp without trees. <laughs> we, we go to places that have trees because the trees protect us from the wind. I went to Emerald Lake Campground one time. There was a windstorm. And, and the trees made it bearable. They made it tolerable. When you don't have trees, you don't have a protective covering. And, and that's, what, that's what happens in, in storms, is, is you need those trees to cover you. The Bible actually has a theological word for covering. It's called a propitiation. And that's the sprinkling of Jesus' blood on the mercy seat. And it calls that covering a, a propitiation, a covering of sin. I, I'm telling you that those trees, when I go on camping trips, are protective barriers. They are like the blood of Jesus that covers us from the wrath of God. His protective blood has made it so that you can be covered and saved. That's why Jesus is your wisdom. He, in 1 Corinthians 1.30, He's my wisdom, my righteousness, my sanctification, and He is my redemption. And, and when you come under His blood, when, when you submit to him, give your life to him, grow in your relationship with him. That's where his wisdom, his covering, and his grace comes in.
That's why the way of a transgressor is hard. Because when you live in sin outside of God's plan for your life, outside of his covering, things go difficult. And I'm so grateful for his covering. So before I pray for you, you know what I want to do this morning? I want to pray. Well, I'll do this first. If, if you have not committed your life to the Lord, I want to give you a chance to get right with the Lord and, and know him. So if I could get every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray for the wisdom of God. And I feel like there's a spirit of wisdom here that I want to help impart. But you got to have Jesus at the center of that. He's the source of all wisdom. And I want to actually invite the worship team back up here too, if I could. And I want to sing that song, Cornerstone, again. Um, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never come under his protective blood, I want to give you the opportunity to get right. You get real wisdom in your life. He's the source of wisdom. If you just put a hand up, I want to pray for you. Wisdom would be turning around from sin and going in a direction with the Lord. Yeah, you need the wisdom of God for your life. Maybe you need to be spared. I, I, just, I just feel like praying. Maybe you need to be sustained. Uh, maybe you need to be spared. Maybe you ought to be strengthened. I don't know what situation you're facing. And I was just with a woman a few weeks ago. I talked about wisdom, and she needed wisdom for a house situation. I was talking about it. I don't have to give out that wisdom. God's got that wisdom. But I just felt like this year, we're halfway through 2023, God's got wisdom for you with problems that you're facing. And I feel like praying for anybody who, who just faced with a, a situation. You need wisdom. You don't know what to do. You got a problem. Or you, you, you don't, how are you going to relate with people? Your children. What, what's the wisdom of God for your grandchildren? What's the wisdom of God for your job? And you know, I have to be honest with you. People ask me all the time, what can they pray for me about? I just say pray for wisdom. So if it was me, I'd want to come down and get prayed for because I always want to use more wisdom. I always want wisdom. It's the principal thing. And I just, I just feel well up in my spirit. I feel like there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the house that God wants to impart. So I want to just stand up on your feet, if you would, this morning. If you need to go, amen, we love you. We'll catch you next week. If you would like prayer for wisdom, I would love to pray with you. I feel the wisdom of the Lord in the house. I feel like God is going to give you answers. I feel like God's going to give you wisdom that may not show up tomorrow but it might show up next week or the next month or even the next year when you need it. And it comes through prayer and seeking the Lord. So if you want wisdom, if you want prayer, I'd like to just line people up and I want to pray for them. Amen. You come on down. I want to pray with you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Yeah, man, don't be afraid. You can point I out your life. I did not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name, Christ alone. In Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. seems to hide his face I rest on him
His unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale. My anchor holds within the veil. My anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, cornerstone. Sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne, faultless to stand before the throne, Christ alone. Sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, oh, dressed in His righteousness alone, all else to stand before the throne, all else to stand before the throne, Christ alone, cornerstone.
stone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is a Lord, Lord of all. My hope, my hope is built on nothing less. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame But wholly trust in Jesus' name Christ alone, cornerstone Weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm, He is the Lord, Lord of all. When He shall come, when He shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone. Lest to stand before the throne of all this to stand before the throne Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm switch over to instrumental or however you want it. I just want some music on. I feel the hand of the Lord with me. Sometimes um, sometimes that gift really just operates. I'll hear someone lay hands on them and I just feel like, you know, the wisdom for situations that God needs. So I really sense God's spirit here. Listen, man, don't, don't walk away from wisdom. Receive it. And there's a bo book of James, chapter 1, verse 5. If you just ask for it, he gives it to you. It will come so easy without a struggle. God, That's how God does it. He does it easy. You gotta seek for it, but it comes easy and simple. So I want to keep praying for people. If you want prayer, we're here for you. If you gotta go, we love you. I'll catch y'all later. Dave, I want to pray with you too, bud. Yeah, Dave Sater. Yeah, I want to pray with you. <laughs>